All right, welcome back to One Track Minds, where we talk about one song in the context of the album and the band as a whole. We are today talking about an introduction to the album by the hotelier from the record Home Like No Place is There. Uh, welcome in, Devin. <laughs> yeah, welcome in. Hello. Totally forgot to introduce no. you. <laughs> no, that's okay. All right. So, The Hotelier is a band from Worcester, Massachusetts, and Home Like No Place Like There was released in 2014. The Hotelier is a emo revival band from uh like mid yeah, the mid 2010s, early 2010s uh that Devin was not super familiar with, so I'm excited to hear your opinion. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, let me start with one thing about this. <laughs> this is a terrible name for a band. Okay, go well, on. Well, I would say that, because like you're saying, I, I would say this word hotelier. And yeah. you, but you're saying hotelier, so now, that I mean, that alone. I, how, so how do you pronounce issue. it? So how do you the pronounce original it? name of the band was the Hotel Year, three separate words. Um, but there was already a band with that name, okay. and they also thought that name sucked. So they changed it uh, later on to the Hotelier. <laughs> wait, wait, so they were the Hotelier, and then they, they were, were like, the oh, we need year. to change our name. Let's be the Hotelier, but like yeah. more confusing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's one strike. Uh, I'm not familiar with... is. Can you give me a little lesson on on what it means, what what the term fifth wave emo means? Um, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I really think that um, this is just like a few, like the generation that came maybe like a few years after us. Um, but based off of listening to conversations with um, the lead singer of the Hotelier, uh, they came up in a similar. Uh, a similar scene to us where it was, you know, mostly started with like hardcore bands and kind of um, started hardcore, like they were in hardcore bands and then it evolved into kind of this um, like uh, like a play on, it's very, very similar to uh, the like they're definitely influenced by the like the fourth wave and third wave emo bands, uh, and maybe even like Sunny Day Real Estate and stuff like that, but uh, but with their own kind of spin on it. I I, I believe in my like for me, this record is a uh, a little bit more political than some of the um, the more love based emo bands that maybe were coming up in the fourth wave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's pretty good. I don't know too much um about this kind of era. So I I do know that Spotify really tried desperately to like recommend these types of bands to me. So I had yeah. actually heard a song off of this album once before. It was Wait, uh You know which one? Yes, it's it's about a funeral and uh You're depressed. Find... Yeah, you're depressed. So like they thought I think that I was listening to um uh you know some similar stuff like 
I mean, it's kind of adjacent, like praise and fiddlehead and stuff. And they were just like, try this. And I was like, all right, yeah, it's okay. Um, and then your recommendation, though, out of nowhere, I never even read the band's name before. So it's just something that I've, I've I think I've heard. This that... is this is largely considered, uh, like widely considered to be the best of the emo revival albums. Yeah, I could see why. I mean, it's pretty good. I, I find myself singing, um, like the song you chose specifically is quite, I, I have some, I have like a varied opinion on it, I guess, because I think that it's like a really, really strong melody, like vocally mm-hmm. uh, and very catchy, I guess would be the word. But um, it, lyrically, I'm, I'm not sure if I, I completely get it, but like it's, it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's That's good. That's so funny. The reason I now see and and tell me if this is what you're talking about when you mean like melody, uh, the, the one of the reasons why I chose it is because there is um, uh, a lot of whoa, like a lot of woeing, which is very Devin. <laughs> I do I like the woes. Yeah, the woes are good. I I like the melody specifically is like where it, during like the verses where it goes into like it doesn't follow. Hmm, the melodic progression that you think it will with the vocals. So it's like kind of an interesting thing to listen to um, for me. Yeah. It's so funny. It's so funny that the lyrics, see the lyrics are the things that, that it's the lyrics that, that speak to me the most. Yeah. I mean, I think that um, I don't like, I don't love so much like a, a a a purely kind of biographical lyric so like sometimes i find that like it's kind of very specific this album and so like if you haven't maybe lived through some of the very specific things that the singer had also lived through then then you might not feel as it attached whereas something more excuse me <clears throat> more um like in line with what I I like more is kind of broader, like like yeah. the at the drive and stuff, like something where the meaning is sort of more loose. Um, and it's it's funny. So I was listening to an interview where he kind of talked about his uh, choice of wordiness and like excessive lyrics, like. Um, really kind of laying it out as opposed to at the drive-in where it's more vague um and the reason he said he chose that sort of style was because um he has a very melodic sensibility and he Mm -hmm. wanted to kind of stay away from um if if he had more kind of like vague or simple lyrics um with the with the sort of like more uh, palatable melodicism uh that it wouldn't th- that it would it wouldn't hit yeah as well so he he took inspiration from the weaker thens who um i mean they do it at a much higher level but yeah but thank like, you yeah okay i'm glad you said but that they, yeah. but they use you know like wordiness to sort of uh downplay the the sweet melodicism of of the music yes i mean I, yeah sure i could see that totally so uh, him saying that like he's 
he's like a he he's first drawn to like the melody of the lyrics or like the singing i, I yeah. like that a lot because that's that's what stood out to me so actually i feel like he he was probably uh effective in what he was trying to do um overall so that song particularly very interesting yeah like i could feel a little bit of like emotion creeping in which is i guess sort of like kind of probably what you get from it is why you mm-hmm. picked it yeah and I, I could see like i could see where it was going with uh with that and um it's just like i don't like it's just kind of a little bit like mm, self-pityying i don't know i don't want to be rude at all i i'm, I'm just not the biggest yeah and I, I get that it is definitely a more depressing record i think maybe it does speak to me because uh like on a more personal level like i don't um i i didn't have like obviously this is almost almost like a concept record where you've got your deep rest which is very much about you know going to a funeral for somebody who has um mental illness and and then uh discomfort revisited at the end which is kind of like what actually happened um and like the kind of more positive uh outcome to that potential uh situation so your deep rest is more like imagining that they died or you know committed suicide maybe um but discomfort revisited they ended up getting better and and overcoming the mental illness but the relationship dissolved um, so it is very specific to something that I didn't personally experience, but, um, I did experience during this time, during like the 2013 to 2014 period, like, um, a realization that, um, everything had been like, you know, built on a, on a, on a bad foundation and I had to, you know, restart completely. Mm-hmm. And so this record really represents that sort of dissolving everything that had kind of come before and having to restart um again and that's what i had to do and so i think that's probably why it speaks to to me in that way i may i may maybe i'm the problem like i feel like i with that context maybe i should i should re-listen to it because like i was not picking up on like uh the through line i think but i mean i'm not very good at <laughs> that kind of thing i, I kind of take each song at, at face value most of the time so i think um i think i will probably actually listen to it again um even after having recorded even after homework is done um yeah so because i am interested in what you're saying and and i don't think i've ever i ever listened to the last song with that with that whole theming in mind um yeah My favorite song on the album, which is like, this will kind of be obviously like (laughs) the difference between me and you is like, my favorite song is Life in Drag. So that's a song I could listen to a lot. That's a really good song. I I would probably put that on some playlists. Yeah. Do you you want me to tell you kind of what the background of that one is? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I guess he had gone to a, he had gone to a party and somebody from high school who um, this, these are from his own words. This is like the way that he described it. He, he described it as them both being, um, like sissies and like kind of more, you know, like feminine and this, and this friend from high school went off and went to carpentry school and became very, you know, 
stereotypically masculine mm-hmm. and uh at the party his 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 old friend was like kind of calling him uh you know bad like you know like demeaning him and because he was he was in a he was wearing a dress mm-hmm. at the party and he was kind of like going through it and so um that song is about that situation or is in, is kind of like inspired by that by that interaction that he had with um with his old friend oh cool yeah seems like there's a lot of um like interviews that go into quite quite a bit of detail um yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah he he really like um there, there there was an interview that he did on and i'll give credit to it's called the e-word uh where it's like a three-hour interview where he kind of digs into each song and sort of talks about, you know, where where that song came from. And there are some some songs where he's like, I don't really remember where that one came from. But there are some that act like Life in Drag has an actual story behind it. Yeah, it's a really good song. Um, I think like musically, this this yeah, this record is really really strong. And I can see it really setting the tone for like what's to come in that like later kind of similar uh, musical path forward, which I'm not, I think maybe this show will be a good way to get me into more of that. I, I don't really have that good a touchstone on, like if you said like, oh, what's a newer emo band? I'd be like, oh, like, I don't know, title fight, like <laughs> bands that came out like 10 years ago at this point. Yeah, and I think to be honest that it's kind of a little bit more dormant right now. Like I don't know that there's too much coming out at the moment, but um, I'm down for digging into those records too. Because although um, Home Like No Place is there in like you know modern baseball and stuff like that, I I do know relatively well. But there are some that I haven't dug into, so we'll we'll maybe um, look at lists of emo revival bands and maybe just pick a random one. That could be fun too. Yeah, do one that we we both have never heard would be pretty interesting, actually. So maybe we should have like a special type of uh, episode where we do that—a blind pick or something. <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds good. Um, I just wanted to shout out my favorite line from from this song, which is "I just slept for years on end," and then he just yells, "Fuck!" <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's good. I mean, like, it's good. It does have, like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm pretty inconsistent with my opinions in a, in a way. Like, I would say, like, oh, well, I don't like Diary Rock. And then, like, I'll be like, oh, I love kind of, like, spitting. Like, it doesn't, I'm not, I'm not perfect. There's just something in this, in that, that kind of struck me as just, like, maybe a little bit too intentional. I think that's the best word I could say. A little bit too intentional. Is that... I feel like that's a fair way to, to say the lyrics are like, it doesn't feel like um, spontaneous art. It feels more like a very intentional kind of spilling of one's feelings, which is fine. And that's just a different kind of expression. Yeah. Um, I like, I do think that that's, that's probably fair. I do think it was very intentional. This was the second record that came out. Uh, their, their previous record. Um, I think in the, the, in in that song, an introduction to the album, where he ends um, he ends the song by saying, "I had a chance to construct something beautiful, and I choked." Mm-hmm. And I think that's in regards to the first record, where mm-hmm. he, and I think this is probably common for a lot of bands and maybe a lot of people, where they feel like they can create something that 
can heal the world and then you realize <laughs> that the world is completely like messed up and they're, they're, like one record isn't gonna fix everything and you can't and even I heal think, yourself <laughs> and i think so he came into the second record very disillusioned um and not not as optimistic and um a little bit more jaded coming into the second record so maybe that's why there's less of that raw like pure emotion uh and maybe a, a bit more forethought and just like uh yeah intention going into the second one yeah i mean is there some everything i read is something about tumblr like blowing this band up is that true like can you elaborate on this tumblr stuff uh i know there was a post on uh tumblr where he wrote uh laid within is a lot about the deconstruction of self for personal growth and transformation i hope it helps you live and stuff apparently we are emo now and i think that was a big uh line i think that was a line that stood out to a lot of people and and mm. got them uh got them a lot of notoriety and that was from uh from tumblr okay so and if this is the, one of the biggest uh like newer emo bands in that era so i guess tumblr revived emo yeah it's really all <laughs> tumblr's fault yeah <laughs> uh that's pretty much all i have to say about home like no place is there did you have anything you wanted to add uh, I I want I do want to re-listen to it. I think um, it's funny because like Amanda was having this conversation with me where, and then she's like, "Well, you don't like, like, she's like, yeah, you don't like." <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, like when people talk about their feelings. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "Well, was that's like, kind of weird." I love that. I love it. I was like, "That's not necessarily true." I guess like everything's about their feelings. I get, and then I I think I said something to her. I was like, "Well, like." sneaking into someone's bedroom and reading their diary is not art mm -hmm. uh and then and then i kind of land on this place where it's like i don't think it's as consistent an opinion as i would as as either of us think so like i i think it just depends on the quality of the product in question so if if you right. can if you can just absorb the entire song or whatever we're talking about and 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 like it and and you don't actually think about that part the lyrics then i think that's a success uh, where this song in particular kind of tripped for me is that I started thinking about what the person was saying, which which to me is, I guess, to some people that that's good. But to me, that's bad because I see like the lyrics and the music as sort of like the lighting and, you know, sound design of a movie where it's like you don't want any one particular thing shouldn't stand out. It should all become one whole like scene. Right. So I kind of tripped over the lyrics a little bit, but um, they're probably just yeah. a little bit too. There's something to be said about leaving a little bit to the imagination. Like, like I said, I have three hours of like a really detailed explanation of every song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but whereas, like, and yeah, bring up the I, weekend. I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I think maybe we've we've kind of like moved a little bit too far. At least. Um, in like in some ways in music a little bit too much too far into the diary zone where there's maybe a little bit too much honesty yeah and you know what's great is like let's touching on the weaker thens it's like or john k sampson specifically when he he has that song um the last the last and or whatever you know that song it's like about a teacher it's like and I'm the yeah, last yeah, yeah. one and, and it's like that is diary that is diary rock but it's not hit, it's not actually it never happened to him it's fictional that's perfect i love that because then you can craft it perfectly to convey whatever emotion so like that song i love 
but it's like a fictional character. It's true. It's yeah. true. And actually, this just reminded me of something that John K. Sampson said about Winter Wheat when it was released. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're talking. Yeah, now I'm interested. Let's go. We should just pick, said, I should pick a Weaker's End song. He said, um, he said, this record is like made in like for the listener like it is not made for me yeah. uh, and i think i think jo- um john said that a lot most bands the record is really for them it's not for the audience and he and he he tried to make it for the audience as yeah. opposed to just like uh an unleashing of all of his demons into this record he made it to kind of help help the audience um that's amazing and um yeah he is he's definitely like among high up on the pantheon uh so we'll probably be talking more about the weaker lens and uh i was actually thinking of picking as a as a curveball i guess i could still do it but i was gonna pick uh anchorless by (laughs) propagandi okay which is just a a a pre-release of uh the weaker than song anchorless anyway that would have threw you for a loop okay Mm -hmm. but um that's my final thought which is going on a little bit long here uh yeah okay all right are you are we ready to uh to dig into what we're going to talk about next week i don't know man this is getting harder (laughs) did you (laughs) it's getting so hard and now i'm like afraid of judgment so i mean i'm eventually uh, like i have the same i feel the same pressure so like I want to set um I I picked okay yeah let's just I want to I need to do some pre uh like some pre banter here about it. Sure. I picked this song as like piggying back piggying piggybacking, sorry, off of your choice. So it's in the same era and it would be considered like a a similar genre. Okay. So it is like a mid 10s kind of uh, emo um, choice here and and i know that it's like ultra melodramatic and I, for this is for the listener mostly just and then there are like two on the album as a whole if you are dedicated enough to listen to the entire album as a part of this show and for you who matt who has to <laughs> um the there's like two poems or something on the on the that are uh i don't know they don't they're not they're not great so just keep keep that in mind i think that we'll talk about it when it comes out it's really melodramatic and it's like okay so i'm gonna pick i don't know if you've heard of this um the song that uh i'm going to pick everything is in your hands by old gray no i have never heard of this all right so this is like uh i'm interested it's something that I kind of just chose out of the blue. It's not, I don't have like a particularly fun, particular fondness for this band. Um, but I like the song. So I'll, I'll see what you think next week, but all then- right, I'm going to, I got to like add it to my Spotify right now. So I don't forget, but um, sounds good. I hope uh, everyone has a great rest of their week and I hope you enjoyed our little conversation about uh, the hotel year, the hotel year. But right. I guess the ho- the hotel year is uh, a better name, I think. But for a pop punk band. Anyway. <laughs> okay. All right. Goodbye. Have a great day, yeah. everybody. Goodbye. Bye.